On today's show, a final recap of the 2023 World Junior Hockey Championship, which ended yesterday in Canada winning the gold medal game in overtime. All coming up on Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, I break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakash. I'm a scout and prospect analyst across multiple platforms, including this one. And on today's episode, we'll be doing a final recap of the final day of action and just an overview of the uh, tournament in general for the World Junior Hockey Championships edition of 2023. Uh, And we're going to start off with the gold medal game between Canada and Czechia and how that went down. We'll move on to the bronze medal game between USA and Sweden an absolute barn burner uh can't wait to break that down for you and then finally we will be breaking down um the overview of the best players from each team at these world juniors and uh a first and second all-star team uh which I'll be presenting to you at the end of this episode so stick around until the end and if you like what you've been listening to make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and make sure to follow along on all your favorite podcasting platforms and make us your first listen of the day I wanted to talk about the gold medal game between Canada and Czechia so first I want to present sort of how we got here and and what happened in the semifinals um since we missed out on that episode now Czechia outplayed Sweden in the semis which is a lot to say um David Juracek scored with 38 seconds left in the game to tie it 1-1 and then I called it before overtime started I tweeted this out um you know during the intermission between the third period and overtime I said I'm calling it Yuri Kulich is going to score in overtime and the Czechs are going to go to the gold medal game and that's exactly what happened. Czechia goes crazy, and uh, they head to the gold medal game. Uh, on on Canada's side, they won 6-2 against the Americans. Uh, the Americans actually scored the first two goals of the game. Uh, they went up 2-0 at the start of the first period. Uh, but then Canada came back and won it. There were two disallowed goals for goaltender interference against Team USA, which didn't help. Um, while Canada was up 4-2. Joshua Hua had the game of his career. He he scored two goals and added two assists. He was tremendous on the power uh, on the penalty kill. He was tremendous on the forecheck. Connor Bedard was also exceptional in this game. Uh, scored a goal and an assist, but that's pretty typical uh, in terms of a, a score sheet for him. And Thomas Milic uh, was outstanding in this game in net for Canada. Uh, stopped 43 of 45 shots for a 950 save percentage. Just a great game overall. Now onto the gold medal game itself. Now Canada was pushing the pace early. Uh, was trying things earlier early on but not to the point where um, you know they were trying Michigan's and all that like they did in their 5-2 loss against Czechia in the group stage they learned from their mistakes they kept it simple they're using their skill to set up in the offensive zone Um, at one point they drew a penalty and then Dylan Gunther scored with his patented half wall one-timer it's something to expect from him at this point and it's pretty hard to stop the Arizona Coyotes prospect puts Canada up one nothing uh, earlier on in the first period but then Czechia was doing a great job of tiring out the Canadian forwards uh, in their own zone and counter-attacking hard and fast um, I tweeted out that this it's very Real Madrid of them uh, if you watch football um, that, that's something that Real Madrid does really well is force players to the outside when they're playing a possession system uh, and then counter-attacking hard and fast. That was something that Czechia was doing pretty well uh, and it was kind of the answer that they had to Canada in their group stage game as well. In the second period, 
Czechia takes a foot off the gas just a tiny bit, and that's all that Shane Wright needed in order to walk in, dangle a defender, go to the backhand, and roof at top shelf. Um, on his 19th birthday, uh, Gunther gets an assist on that one as well, and Brennan Offman, who was also celebrating his birthday in the in yesterday's action. Um, both he and Wright are born uh, the same date, a year apart. Um, often celebrating his 20th birthday. He got his second assist of the night on that uh, Shane Wright goal. Now, quickly on Shane Wright before we move, we move on to the events of yesterday's game, I think he's just severely over-criticized um, for, for really nothing. I mean, I've seen folks discrediting him because he's not all over the puck. He's not making plays, dangling defenders all the time, etc., uh, like Connor Bedard is. You know, if you compare the two, they're really different players um, and if you like that flashy high-end skill type of game, that's just not Shane Wright's game. Wright's a top prospect because of the subtle intelligence to his game. He does so many little things right, uh, from supporting his D on the breakout to timing interventions to perfection on opposing breakouts. Uh, he circles above the puck. He makes sure he's always keeping plays under control. He delays off the rush. He waits for his teammates to hit specific lanes before passing. He keeps plays alive all over the ice. It's just so rare to see so many small details from a freshly drafted 18 19 year old um a kid with so much control and maturity in this game in a world junior championship tournament already uh, at such a young age uh, it's just tremendous to see from right and i just don't get the hate that he gets i mean he's genuinely a very very good player if you read between the lines and understand the reasoning behind his game um you know, for me, Connor Bedard is the, the the best dessert you've had in your life at a fancy restaurant. Um, and Shane Wright is shepherd's pie. Like, that's how I'd compare the two. Shane Wright gets the job done. Shane Wright does things in, in a way that is efficient, that is appropriate to the circumstances of the game. Uh, and Bedard is just the, the is probably the best thing you've ever seen. But, um, you know, you, you only get that much with him. I think that Shane Wright is genuinely something to appreciate once you start reading between the lines. But moving on, back to the game's events. Kadian Banker, um, a Minnesota Wild prospect, he, he tries to corral the puck between his legs on a partial break, uh, puts his head down and just barrels through Thomas Suchanik, uh in, in goal who goes down hard. He's clutching his groin. Doesn't look good at all. He seems to be screaming in pain. Um, doesn't look good. Somehow, though, Suchanik stays in the crease for Czechia and makes a couple more 10-bell saves in this game. He ended the game with a 9.20 save percentage, among which were many high-danger chances for Canada. Um, so he stopped them a whole lot in order to drag his team to overtime. He did a great job in this game. Off the back of that that sort of return to action and those saves, Czechia starts chugging, especially in the third period. And halfway through the third, Stanislav Zvozil, uh, a defenseman of the Columbus Blue Jacket, does a scorpion kick. Um, if you don't know what that is, look it up. It's a it's a football move uh, to keep the play on side. Then he finds Edouard Chalet, who's a uh, 2023 NHL draft eligible uh, in the offensive zone. Chalet takes a rough, a hard shot. He hits it hard off the post, but Yuri Kulich is there to pad in the rebound into an open net, and it's two one. Uh, for Canada at that point. Now, Canada, all they have to do really is either hang on to the lead, uh, play defensive hockey, you know, play to their strengths, play simple, or they can push for a goal. But not even a minute later, they don't even have the time to sort of set up their playbook. Thomas Shamara puts a puck on net. Jakub Kosh in front of the net deflects it. It was going way wide, but it hit off Ethan Del Mastro's skate and went in the back of the net um, to tie the game 2-2 within a minute span for, for Czechia. That's all they needed. Uh, the puck trickles behind Thomas Milich. Game tied, that simple. Now, both teams make a push. Both goalies play tremendously, but this game ends up going to overtime. 
Canada clearly had a plan to isolate defensemen one-on-one against Czechia and take advantage of the talent on the forward core, but they severely underestimated Czechia's decor, specifically Juracek, who's a 5'9 defenseman who was playing on the first pair with David Juracek. Um, Tiacek stopped maybe four or five one-on-one rushes against the likes of Adam Fantilli, Logan Stankoven, Dylan Gunther was doing tremendous work off the rush. And finally, Czechia gets a tiny bit too aggressive offensively, and Yuri Kulic turns the puck over at the offensive blue line. Brant Clark plays that up to Dylan Gunther, who has the two-on-one with Joshua Roy, uh against Stanislav Wozil, who's the only defenseman back. Now, Joshua Roy takes the pass from Gunther. He outweights Stanislav Wozil, who's sliding along the ice. I don't recommend that at all. Passes back to Dylan Gunther, who only has to tap it in. And Canada comes away with this game and wins the gold medal in overtime. Now, the standouts on each side in the game for Czechia, Thomas Uchanik uh, was tremendous. Yuri Tihacek, as I mentioned, was exceptionally good. At one point, he completely neutralized Connor McDavid on an offensive rush uh, in the third period. Yuri Kulich was good as well. Stanislav Wazil was good again. Matias Shapovalov was someone who really impressed me in this game uh, of the Vegas Golden Knights. And on Canada's side, the standouts in this game, Joshua Roy was tremendous. Um, again, Thomas Millich stood on his head as well. Connor Bedard, obviously. Shane Wright had a great game. Um, and I'd also add to that Dylan Gunther, who obviously scored two goals and added an assist. Adam Fantilli, who had a good game as well, and Brand Clark. Uh, now let's get right into USA versus Sweden and the bronze medal game right after these messages. You just got to try Built Bar's new reimagined flavors. They've got cookie dough toppers, coconut brownie bars and toppers. They've got white chocolate peppermint granola, which is Built Bar's minty take on a granola bar. And they've got my personal favorite, which is candy cane brownie puffs. This stuff tastes amazing, really. These are the most delicious protein products ever built. Get it? Built? See what it? Never mind. 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, shockingly low on sugar, and only 130 calories. Seriously, this is awesome stuff. It tastes great. It's perfect for an after-workout energy refill. Um, after a game of shinny, when you don't have the time to cook a full meal, uh, it's like an on-the-go fine dining experience. So see for yourself. Get 15% off your order right now using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Again, that, that's LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Built, you've got to try this. All right, so moving on to USA versus Sweden. Now, this was a barn burner. USA won this game 8-7 in overtime. I'm not going to give you the full breakdowns of each goal. I can barely remember them all off the top of my head, so I'll just make it short. First, Logan Cooley with the only goal of the first first period, surprisingly, in an 8-7 game to have only one goal heading into the second. Uh, never heard of that. Um, he got an assist from Jimmy Snuggerud on that on that goal. And then Ryan Ofko in the second period doubles the lead for USA on the power play, again assisted by Jimmy Snuggerud. Um, but then Philip Bistet of the San Jose Sharks answers for Sweden, makes it 2-1 uh, for USA at that point. Uh, then Chaz Lucius doubles the lead again, uh, prospect of the Winnipeg Jets. It's 3-1 at that point. Sweden tie it up, though, with two consecutive goals. First, Oscar Pedersen of the Ottawa Senators was second of the tournament off a pass from Axel Sandin-Palika, uh, a 2023 NHL draft-eligible right-handed defenseman who's been outstanding in this tournament despite having only one point in this whole tournament. That was his only point in the tournament in the bronze medal game, but... You know, with the puck, without the puck, he was tremendous in this tournament. I'll get into it a bit later on. Um, so that was the first of the two goals. And then Leo Carlson, a top prospect of the 2023 NHL draft, scores off a one-timer to make it 3-3 at that point. Then USA answers with two of their own. 
Carter Goche and Chaz Lucius again uh, score for them. Then Sweden answers with two of their own as well. Milton Oscarson off a pass from Leo Carlson, who gets the second point of the game. And Liam Ogren of uh, the Minnesota Wilds. He scores unassisted. It's 5-5 at that point. By the way, everything I just mentioned there, apart from that first Logan Cooley goal, all that happened in the second period. There were nine goals in the second period. Five for Sweden, four for USA. So it's 5-5 heading into the third. In the third period... Noah Oslund opens the scoring for Sweden. Then USA answers with two goals of their own. First, Luke Hughes uh, takes a hit from Autumn Engstrom heading into the offensive zone. He's on his knees with his back to the goal. He spins around and manages to squeeze it under uh, the pads of um, Carl Lindbaum in net for Sweden. Then uh, Cutter Goche with a second goal of the game um, from McGordy, from Rutger McGordy, who gets his second assist of the period. Uh, he also got the assist on the Luke Hughes goal. He's a Winnipeg Jacks prospect. And Gavin Brindley gets the other assist, the 2023 NHL draft prospect. At that point, it's 7-6 USA with a minute 30 left in the game. Sweden pulls their goalie, and Philip Bistet crashes the net at the same time as Isaac Rosan of the Buffalo Sabres tries a shot. The shot fans, it trickles across the blue paint and Bishtet has an open net. He taps it into the net and ties the game with 20 seconds left. And it's 7-7 at that point heading into overtime. In the OT period, Lane Hudson's out there. He can do a lot of damage uh, with the space that 3-on-3 OT provides. You love to see him out there on overtime. He drops a shoulder. He drives the net, tries a shot, which is turned away. But Chaz Lucius gets the puck, hops on the rebound, puts it on his backhand and roofs it to complete his hat trick and win the game for Team USA. 8-7 in overtime. Uh, USA wins bronze. Sweden heads home with nothing. That's the game. Now, the standouts first and foremost for Team USA, obviously Chaz Lucius with three goals and the overtime winner. Uh, Rutger McGordy, of the, both of them are Winnipeg Jets prospects, by the way. Rutger McGordy as well. Um, three assists in this game, played really well. Logan Cooley, Snuggerud, uh, Jimmy Snuggerud and Cutter Goche, uh, the, the trio of NTDP forwards who played together pretty much since U17. Um, they played really well as well. They were the first line throughout this tournament for USA, never budged out of there, never were separated because they know each other so well. They play off each other so well. This was another game that was a case. Um, and then I'd also add Luke Hughes, who has had a rough time defensively in previous games, but I think he was pretty decent in this one. In a barn burner, an 8-7 barn burner, he was still making a couple defensive plays, which was pretty good. And I'd also add Gavin Brindley to this. Um, tremendous on the PK, just outstandingly aggressive, outstandingly defensively smart. His rush defending is so good. He defends like a defenseman off the rush, like a proper NHL defenseman. Like, I would not be against the idea of putting Gavin Brindley, you know, on defense if he was just a tiny bit taller and a tiny bit stronger. But at his build, the way I see him right now, I see him as a skillful but really defensively smart um middle six or second line uh winger potentially maybe even as a center he could work out um but yeah in the tournament overall though for team usa um obviously logan cooley jimmy snuggerud cutter goche that line was tremendous for them all tournament uh gavin brindley as well was really good in this tournament ryan ufko earned ended the tournament with 10 points in seven games from the blue line uh for team usa Trey Augustine, despite allowing uh, five goals on 14 shots, I believe, in uh, the Sweden game before getting pulled, um, he was tremendous in the rest of the tournament for them. And I'd also add Sean Behrens to that, who, in my opinion, was the best defenseman on Team USA. Um, due to his defensive abilities, he was extremely hard to get around, extremely hard to beat off the rush, and was really aggressive in his own zone in defending his net. 
Um, I thought he was tremendous in this tournament. The Colorado Avalanche prospect did really, really well with the time that was given to him uh, on the ice. Moving on to Sweden, though, the standouts for them uh, in this game specifically, Philip Bistet was, again, very good for them. He's a San Jose Sharks prospect, a first-round pick from this past draft. Leo Carlson was exceptional in this game as well, 2023 NHL draft prospect. Uh, Ludwig Jansson of the Florida Panthers, he was good in this game. He was good all tournament. Um, Isak Rosin had a really good game as well from uh, the Buffalo Sabres and Liam Ogren. Uh, I don't think this game gets to OT without him and made some really good defensive plays and scored uh, unassisted for his team. Just played really well overall. Um, now, in the tournament overall, Leo Carlson was one of the best players for uh, Sweden in this tournament. Philip Bistet as well. Uh, Ludwig Janssen, who I mentioned earlier as well, the Florida Panthers prospect, he was exceptional in this tournament. He ended the tournament with 10 points in seven games as well. Uh, from that blue line, was really good offensively, activating a lot. Um, Sweden's defense was really good. Honestly, they had Elias Pettersson as well of the Vancouver Canucks, uh, who played really well from the back end, made a lot of really good defensive plays, especially off the rush. Same thing for Adam Engstrom of the Montreal Canadiens. And Carl Lindbaum, for me, was uh, really, really good in this tournament. Did a lot of great things um, in net for them. Kept him in games that were really tight. I think he had two, maybe three shutouts in this tournament overall. Um, just great statistics from him. Despite allowing eight goals um, in, in the final game against USA, he still managed to end the tournament with a 914 save percentage. So he was exceptionally good. He's a prospect of the Vegas Golden Knights, a seventh round, seventh round pick of theirs. And um, yeah, he was really promising in this tournament. So finally, we'll have our final segment um, where we're going to discuss the final recap of the World Junior Championship with the best player from each team of the World Juniors and the first and second All-Star teams for the tournament overall right after these messages. All right, so to end things off, I want to do a final review, a final recap of the World Junior Championship with the best player from each team and the first and second all-star teams, in my opinion, for this tournament. Now, first and foremost, we'll start with Austria. They had David Reinbacher on defense, a 2023 NHL draft eligible, and he was just, he was alone out there at times for Austria. Um, he was just a tremendous rush facilitator. He was really, really good at breaking pucks out, at carrying pucks out of his zone, um, entering them into the offensive zone with control, was making crisp passes out of his own zone. Just a great, great transition player. I really saw him as a shutdown defenseman in my viewings of him in the uh, uh, Swiss, Na Swiss National League, but I think it was just mainly based on the the opposition he was facing because that's a really tough league. They get a lot of uh, former NHLers, um, you know, and stuff like that. They got a lot of really strong competition in that um, in that league, and it's just the amount of pressure that's on him that makes him sort of get rid of pucks a bit early. But at this tournament against his age group, it was just so obvious how poised and controlled he can be uh, when playing at a speed that he's comfortable with. Um, just a tremendous, tremendous uh, transition defender. And on top of that, he's able to defend his own zone extremely well. So I was really impressed with him. Then for Latvia, I think their best player was Gustavs Ozelinch. Um, no relation at all to Sandus Ozelinch, but he was uh, he's a defenseman for Latvia. Uh, played extremely well defensively, was making great plays in his own zone, but was also extremely active offensively, was making a lot of very smart plays in the opposition zone getting pucks to his teammates, cycling the puck really well, playing pucks from high to low in, in ways that translate to offense. I was really impressed with this game. He went undrafted, I believe, in last year's draft, but he might be worth a shot in later rounds. I really, really liked what I saw from him. Uh, then on Switzerland's side, it was Leon Bixell. Um, shout out to Attilio Biasca, who played a really good tournament. 
but for me, the Dallas Stars first rounder, Liam Vixel at on defense was just a rock for them uh, and was one of the only reasons really that they were able to, to, to steal one from Finland. Uh, they played great overall. I, I just, you know, for me, Vixel was a primary reason that they got as far as they did. And without them, they without them, they they probably have struggled a lot more. Uh, moving on to Germany, I think Nikita Kwap, uh, the goaltender for Germany, uh, of uh, a prospect of the Carolina Hurricanes, was really the guy that kind of shone on that roster. I didn't really like what I saw from Julian Lutz, um, who's a sort of highest drafted prospect on Germany. But Kwap is really impressive to me. He, uh, especially in his game against Sweden, he allowed one goal on 44 shots against Sweden. Sweden, who gave USA a hard time in the bronze medal game, like that's that's very impressive. Um, moving on to Slovakia, they had a couple really good players, but for me, the standout was Adam Gayan, um, an undrafted goaltender. He had the highest save percentage of the tournament in the games that he played. Uh, stood on his head half the time against some really, really strong teams, get a lot, give a lot of strong teams some trouble. Um, I did want to shout out uh, Shimon Yemets, though, the second overall pick of the 2022 draft, uh, prospect of the New Jersey Devils. Um, just the composure on him is just tremendous. You watch him play, and he never seems to panic. He always seems in control of the play. Uh, he showed some transition ability uh, in a lot of it. I love his skating. I think he has one of the best skating strides outside of the NHL. He was just tremendous in this tournament. Uh, I did see a sort of lack of aggression in Niemetz's game that could have put Slovakia over the edge in some instances, but overall he played a really, really good tournament. We move on to Czechia. For me, it's it's really tied between, I'd say, four players. Um, first, David Juracek and Stanislav Svozil, both defensemen, both Columbus Blue Jackets prospects. Um, between the two, I'd give Juracek the edge, but... Those two were really close. Svozil just exploded in this tournament, especially offensively. He was all over the place in the offensive zone, making plays, connecting with his teammates, consistently pushing the pace, um, you know, understanding the offensive zone extremely well. That's something that I saw from him in, in sort of increments in uh, Regina when watching Connor Bedard. You could see him out there. Um, you can see how often he was involved in play. But uh, in this tournament, it was just next level. And I think it's just due to the fact that he was able to shine on that blue line behind David Yurichek and uh, Yuri Tihachek on the second pair. Um, moving on as well, I really like Yuri Kulich's game from the Buffalo Sabres. Kulich, uh, the pace on him is tremendous. He's just constantly pushing the pace, constantly getting around defenders, creating off the rush. Uh, he, has, he has a wicked shot. He's extremely solid defensively as well. Makes a lot of really good defensive plays, interceptions, all that. Was really impressed with him. And the other prospect who I think is in that conversation would be Thomas Suchanik. Um, Suchanik, the netminder for uh, Czechia. Suchanik ended the tournament with four assists as a netminder. And on top of that, he had the second best save percentage of the tournament at 934. Um, was standing on his head half the time. He was the main reason that uh, Czechia was able to win against Canada. They were able to win against Sweden. Uh, he just played tremendously in, in most of the games that he played. Uh, and he, he stuck it out at the end after after getting rushed by uh, Caden Bank here in the uh, Canada-Czechia game. He was still able to stay in the game and, and battle it out and take this game to overtime almost single-handedly. Uh, then we move on to Finland. Uh, for me, the best prospect on the roster was the netminder, Jani Lampinen. He is an undrafted netminder. Um, it's honestly due to a lack of real shine from anyone else on that roster. Alexei Haimo Salmi was fine. Um, but the only other player I would say that really sort of competes with Jan Lampinen as the top prospect for Finland would be Joachim Kamel uh, of the National Predators. He was really good in, the, in this tournament, scored some important goals, all that. But Lampinen, to me, just outweighs him in terms of the impact he had on the game. 
Then we have Ludwig Jansson a, uh, for Sweden. That's the player who I think stood out the most. Jansson with 10 points in seven games. He was a fourth rounder of the Florida Panthers. Not some, someone you'd expect to put up really good numbers in the World Juniors. But he played extremely well. I loved the offensive dare that he showed throughout this tournament. Um, was consistently pushing the pace, was consistently trying to get around forwards, trying to trying to close down on the slot in the offensive zone. He never sort of stood at the blue line and made plays from there. He was always looking to activate, and that's something I really like in my defensemen. So he caught my eye. I was really impressed. Two honorable mentions for Sweden uh, for me were Philip Bistad, who played pretty well, and Leo Carlson as well, who was really, really good. I, I hesitated to put Carlson as the, the first guy, but um, six points in seven games to me just didn't quite cut it as much as Jansson's 10 points in seven games from the blue line. Then for USA, it was really tight. But for me, Jimmy Snuggerud was the best prospect for uh, USA. Uh, there are a couple of guys I could consider in here, like Luke Hughes, Cutter Goche was pretty good. Um, I like Chaz Lucius's tournament, but what a, the, the one guy who I think really competes with Snuggerud is Logan Cooley. Um, those two were tied for me in this tournament. I just liked Snuggerud's overall impact and pro-ready game a lot more. Um than, than what I saw from Logan Cooley, because Logan Cooley is all flash, all skill. I love that stuff. I, I think he's going to be a really skillful, really sort of productive offensive player. But he just reminds me a lot of Clayton Keller in the sense that you're going to get a, a really good playmaking, really good hands, a lot of pace from him. But um, defensively, he's kind of going to be uh, harming your team more than more than contributing to it. Whereas Snuggerud, for me, you stick him in your top six, and he's going to do everything for you. He's going to defend. He's going to play the four check, play physical. He's going to score you some goals. He's going to make some plays. You know, make some smart passes in the offensive zone. For me, Snuggerud projects a bit safer, and I really, I really liked what I saw from him in this tournament. Um, so he he barely gets the edge on Logan Cooley um, for Team USA as the top player. And then for Canada. Uh, to end things off, I, I think, do I even need to say it? It's Connor Bedard by far. I mean, 23 points and seven games played for a draft eligible who doesn't turn 18 until July. Um, breaking records left and right. I mean, the last draft eligible to put up that many points um, or, or even close to that many points was Yar Yager, who put up 18 points in seven games in his draft year in 1989-1990. Um, so Bedard officially has become the, the highest scoring draft eligible in the history of the tournament by five whole points, um, you know, above Yager and the likes. Just tremendous, tremendous performance from him in this tournament. Uh, shout out to Logan Stankoven, who had a great tournament. Joshua Roy, who had the time of his life at this tournament playing with, with Stankoven and Bedard. Um, Thomas Milich just stood on his head for the second half of this tournament. It was really, really good. And on defense, I really think Brent Clark deserves a mention. He was awesome. So for the all-star teams, I'll start with the first all-star teams of players that really impressed me the most. So the forwards for uh, Canada, um, for me, it's Logan Stankoven, Connor Bedard, and Jimmy Snuggerud. That is the um, offensive line for the first all-star team. On defense, we've got Stanislav Swazil and David Juracek. I think both of them were tremendous in this tournament. And in goal, we've got Adam Gajan of the Slovakian national team. Um, again, the best save percentage of this tournament stood on his head half the time, which is amazing. Uh, and then for the second all-star team, in my opinion, we've got Yuri Kulic of Team Czechia, Logan Cooley of Team USA, and Leo Carlson of Team Sweden. Um, that trio was tremendous. I really, really liked what I saw from Leo Carlson. He pushed himself into the Michkov conversation for me. They're, they're both still a notch below um, Bedard and Fantilli, but those two are in contention, in my opinion. They're, they're pretty tied. Um, Cooley was amazing, just all over the place, making offensive plays like nobody else. And Yuri Kulich with his pace, with his defensive ability, with his shooting, just tremendous. 
On defense, we've got Ludwig Janssen of Sweden and Brent Clark of Team Canada. Both of them played tremendously, played really good offensive hockey, um, and were decent enough in their own zone. And then in goal for the second All-Star team, we've got Thomas Uchanik of the Czech national team. So overall, a lot of Czechs in these two All-Star teams, which is really fun to see. Um, Canada really dominated, uh, was tremendous in this tournament. Um, and I was really impressed with what I saw from Ludwig Janssen. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more from him in the future, sort of reading into his game, seeing what's going on. Uh, but that's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening all the way to the end. If you like what you've been watching, make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today. They're your best source for all your information on your favorite leagues. They'll keep you up to date. Now, this has been Locked On NHL Prospects with Hattie Kalakesh, and I hope you tune in next time.